wrote that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Can we just blame that? Let's That's think. called fur jibbly fibble dibble <laughs> finger bones. <laughs> everyone, welcome back to Bombarded. Let's recap last episode real quick. So last time we started with the bards learning about writing songs in a minor key, and that was before they were being dropped off in the middle of Basim to find some lodging. So you were dropped off at the center of town at the Oasis, and there you met an old dwarf named Dogum, who told you a little bit about the meteor impact which caused a cave-in at the mines. During this time, you also, uh, well, Razzle, you specifically, yeah. you decided to get, try to get chummy with some of the kids. I just want to have a chaotic good time, Kyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, for sure. But unfortunately, <laughs> your magics kind of scared them away more than anything. But after talking with Dogum a little bit, he directed you towards the no-named horse for lodging. And it was on the way there that you ran into the town drunk, Big Shot. So Big Shot convinced you three that Yashi owed her a drink because uh, she was knocked over. So the four of you made your way to the tavern where you caught the tail end of a town meeting and they were talking about some things regarding, you know, if the town was going to be able to make it through and about reopening the mine, kind of reflected the stuff you heard from Dogum. Right. So you earned your stay at the tavern that night by helping out a local musician named Fibblewix McFlibs. Fingerbones. Yes, Fingerbones. Who is now going by Fingerbones. So you helped him improve his songwriting. Before you actually went to your room, you were introduced to a trio of sorts. John Laramie, who is the gentleman from the Bureau of Investigation, or the boy, boy. he was looking for a few people. Specifically, two of them stood up out of the three he was looking for, and that was Trish Boom Queen Shireen and Alphonse Wimpy Correa. All of of whom are to be part of the expedition going to check out the impact site. That pretty much summed up more or less of your night, and as you readied for bed, Yashi and Razzle, you got a glimpse of a sick back tat on Randy, which was news to our littlest guy. And that's where we left off, so let's pick up right there. I imagine the whole time Randy's running around in circles like, I can't can't say, dog chasing my tail. (laughs) Great. And you had said that this tattoo is pretty much... A heart with Joby in the middle of it. No, no, it's not. <laughs> no, no, that's that's what I see. <laughs> that's what I see, Kyle. I don't know what you're talking. You think about. it reads that? Maybe, maybe right. it does to you in in your druid speak. I don't know. Maybe. So what is it? Right. What's, what's, I'm running in circles. I'm tired. All right. So I grab you by the shoulders and I slap you and I say, snap out of it, Randy. Oh, God. And then I just tell him, I guess. I say, you know, back in my day when I was just a wee druid and I was learning all my druid alphabet and runes and whatnot, I this was actually something that we came across and meant you were had something sealed up inside you. So you got something sealed up inside of you. Eddie. <laughs> Maybe it's being held uh, in. Eddie. Yeah, what you got? What you got well, in there? We've talked about it. Yeah. It was never there before, and Eddie's been there, and now there's suddenly this. Is Eddie trying to escape, maybe? Well, I mean, is there anything on there that looks like he might be trying to escape? All right, right, turn around, turn around. Okay. Uh, yes. It's glowing. Oh, okay. It's like a a crack. Well, do you want to call Splash? Yes. Yes. Get out our Ira. Good call. Okay. Ira glasses. Get it out. Okay. Beep, 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 boop, 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 boop. Splash. Hey, what's up? Yay! (laughs) We responded to Splash. Splash. Aw. The deed is done. (laughs) So, anywho, there's this huge problem with Randy. (laughs) 
uh, hey, Prof. Uh, yeah, I'm going to hand it over to Randy real quick, and he can tell you uh, what's going on. Uh, here you go. Here's Randy. Hey, Splash. Hey, Randy. What's wrong this time? Um, so I took off my shirt. So okay. I've taken off my clothes. And there's apparently a giant tattoo on my back that might have glyphs of ceiling and something might be trying to escape from inside me. Oh. Maybe, uh, Eddie, can you help? Um, maybe. It's reassuring as always. I don't know. <laughs> I'd have to see it. So, um. You want to swing by, maybe? I'll have to see you tomorrow. Wait. I- I'm coming. Give me just a second. I'll have to see you tomorrow. You're in the middle of something? Uh, yeah, just just a moment, John. Yeah. I think he's playing bridge with some mm. of his. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I'll see you tomorrow. What are you doing? If you don't mind me asking. You don't hear anything. There's no response. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, geez. All right, great. Um, We have that red hand clutching a cracked pearl on a field of onyx pendant. Yes. Could we bust that out and kind of hold it up to the crack? So Go can right you ahead. just kind of paint that picture again of okay. like what his back looks like? Okay, so the tattoo on his back looks like three concentric circles. There's two smaller ones at the very center. uh, And from the second circle, you see three wavy lines coming off in like a... They come off at three different points. Okay. And then in between those wavy lines, there are dashes that are just like kind of floating in between the second circle and the third circle. On the inside of the third circle are where you see all the runes and glyphs that just line that. Gotcha. In the top right line... The line that kind of just floats, that's where you can see the crack forming, like the gotcha. red, the energy mm-hmm. red crack thing. Who's got... Oh, that's you. You have, I have that the pendant. pendant. Yeah. So, so can I say, hey, can you bust that pendant out? I just want to try something real quick. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. So here. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. And I hold it up to the glowing part real quick, kind of seeing if there's any sort of reaction. There is no reaction. All right. I hand it back oh, to you. Well, thanks. Okay. Does uh, someone want to touch it? Touch the red part, see what happens. Maybe touch it with like a stick or something. Yeah. Oh, this could be a good time for me to take out some of those fingers, actually. Okay. Ooh, I poke go. it with yeah. That's a Brandon's finger. So I've got a matter. bag with both of them, so let me just pick the longer one. Okay. I'm going to just poke it right in there. Okay, so you poke it into there, and uh, the fingernail <laughs> kind of like... There's the fingernail on it, like curls a little bit as Ooh. it touches it. Put it in further. Does it does it seem like I could put the finger in? No. Okay. Do I feel anything? No. See, I wasn't gonna oh. go for it. I was gonna yeah. ask first. It feels fine. You can try again. I want to try. Yeah, just I'm gonna try, try my back. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Try. Well, a couple more times, more. but it's you know it's doing the same thing every time. Okay. It's just kind of. Does it hit a barrier? Or like, can it continue? It, it feels like it's hitting a barrier. Okay. Randy, you don't feel any of this poking or prodding. Like, anytime you hit it on the crack, you're not feeling anything. Huh. Like, you don't feel any kind of sensation at all. I just want to stick my finger in there now, just so I can feel what it feels like. Feels like you're touching one of those, like, electric balls where you get the slight sensation of electricity on the tip of your okay. fingers. It feels like that, and it's, like, rock hard. Man, you work out? <laughs> you know, getting swole. Yeah. Randy's, Randy's jacked. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, not much I can do for you. Yeah. Uh, um, well, <laughs> I, don't I guess know. we should... I, I don't have any means of doing I, anything about this. I do, have, I do have a book... Back, I mean, I'm digging way back in stuff we picked up. Yeah. I have a book called The Anatomy of Humanoids. 
Can I rifle through that real quick and see if... You rifle through it and just imagine it more of like a basic biology book about, you know, like, oh yeah, this is like how tall most halflings are or how tall most Uh, humans are. It's pretty general knowledge, but... um, There's not like a medical section of it or what to do if your little Randy has a glowing infection. (laughs) It's not a magical book. Okay. And since you know that these are like magical runes and symbols, this book would not serve as well. And trying well, to find the information. Do you guys have any sort of like, not shield, but anything to sort of like cover it up so we can, I can sleep and not get it on the uh, bed? Yeah, because yeah. we didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to have to pay extra yeah, for screwing their We can up. just kind of mask it and sleep it off. And since Splash didn't seem super concerned. Well, I do have a needle that never bends. Could I just, <laughs> just sew let's, it up? Let's not do that again. Uh, well, it's not. Who knows that, what the heck will happen here? <laughs> Poor little Randy just explodes. Uh, well, I guess the only thing left to do is a good old-fashioned arcana check. Kyle's yeah. IQ. Yeah, if you I got the skills Allie. to pay those bills, roll it up. Let's do it. Allie, do you Kyle, want to roll? You, you said sure. there was a mirror in here, right? Yes. Okay, yes. then Last I guess time I can we established there was. Sweet. Got an 18. Okay. 15 plus 1. Okay. And I got a 19 plus one. Sweet. Nice. Okay, so you all look this over, and Yashi, you notice there's some very tribal kind of markings that represent this. Of course, Razzle, you noticed all the druidic markings as well. Randy, as you're looking at it, you notice there's a lot of arconic ruins, and you all come to the conclusion that there's like a lot of different magics that were put into this glyph. Oh. Where um, have you been, son? It's a fantastic <laughs> oh, question. Geez. Like a suitcase over there with all the travel stickers all over it. What's <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that? Mag- magical travel stickers. A well-traveled Randy. Yes. But yeah, you all come to the conclusion that this was done by a person who knows their way around. A back. A, yes. <laughs> they know it like all the, the back of Randy's back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well... I mean, if it's not causing you any discomfort, uh, no. Um, let's just talk right. to Splash yeah. Bat in the morning. And yeah, I guess I'll get sleep, sleep on my stomach. Yeah, <laughs> or, <laughs> a little tummy. Use a sheet. So. <laughs> well, what's the bed situation here? It's one big bed that oh. you can all fit in. Aw, okay. Hooray. Allie, does does Yashi kind of like pull us in like two little teddy bears? Like, hmm. yeah, plant one on top of your heads. Oh. <laughs> oh Good night. Imagine Yashi oh. comes in like Spike on the land before time and just like falls into the bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you all get ready for bed and uh, you're all crawling in and you cozy up, you get in tight, and you start drifting off. And as you drift off, you each dream. Oh boy, do you dream? Ooh. Oh, jeez. Yashi, as you sleep, you have a couple different dreams, probably about spoons, food, or banging out some sweet beats, Mm -hmm. but those tend to fade away, and uh, suddenly you're surrounded by darkness. It's very, very reminiscent of the void from recent. We just can't get away. (laughs) But all of a sudden, there's a flash of blinding light from a bolt of lightning and a loud, deafening clap of thunder. Your vision slowly comes to you, and you notice you're standing in torrential downpour just outside of a medium-sized tent. The tent flap opens up, and your dad stands there gesturing for you to come in. He is saying something, but all you can hear is the sound of the storm around you. You enter the tent, and your dad continues to speak, but you can't hear his words. He looks like a nervous wreck, and is constantly rubbing his head or running his hands through his hair in distress. He gestures to a partition section of the tent and nods in approval while opening the curtain. You step towards the opening, and inside you see your mom lying on a pile of pillows. A bucket of steaming water and a pile of washcloths and towels are next to her. She begins to scream in immense pain with tears running down her cheek. 
While you aren't able to hear this scream, you can feel it. It shakes you to your core. You're shaken so violently that you are woken up in a cold sweat, your heart pounding, and you are on the verge of going into a rage. So, Razzle. Oh, jeez. Oh, what? Okay. You drift to sleep easily and start having your normal dream of crafting items that are on par with Usumpton's quality, and you're striking your hammer in a steady rhythm, and as you continue, the sound of your hammering turns into the sound of knocking on a door. Suddenly, you're standing in front of a door in what you recognize as the common living quarters underneath Mount Tain. You hear a coughing coming from inside the house, and through the coughing you hear, <coughs> Come in. You enter the small dwelling, and you see a very sickly-looking dwarven woman lying on a cot near a small fireplace. She turns to face you, and her face is stricken with shock. Uh, are, are, am, I, am I hallucinating? Is this the end? Are, are you real? Please... If you are, take care of... But you interrupt the woman with a comforting shh. You reach out and caress her forehead, and as you do, you hear the coo of a baby coming from the next room. This coo wakes you up, and you have a deep sense of longing. But for what, you do not know. Randy. It's a rough night of sleep for old Randy, but only because Eddie waits until you are on the verge of sleep to say something. He finally ceases his torture, and as you are drifting off, you hear him humming a familiar melody but you can't place where you know it from. You drift off with this tune in your ear, and as you sleep, you begin to dream. You take a look around and recognize that you are deep inside the Mons Organum, the large mountainous organ that your family lived near when you were young. There's a sense of failure and a sense of loss of hope that washes over you as you place a cloth-wrapped object onto a pedestal. There's a glow emanating from underneath the cloth, and as you turn to leave the chamber, you turn back one more time before leaving. As you look over your shoulder, you can see the glowing begin to subside and fade completely. You are left with a sense of sadness that you can't explain, which sticks with you as you awake at the next morning. So you all wake up. Yashi, you're on the verge of rage. Razzle, you're longing for something you can't even grasp. And Randy, you're just filled with a feeling of remorse. All right, uh, who's ready to write a song? No, I'm just, I'm just kidding. <laughs> if you want to roll the chord dice, no, you, no, you no, can totally, if you want to no. sing about your dreams. Oh, sing your dreams. No. No? Okay. No. <laughs> Randy and Razzle, you can both see that Yashi is just like pumped and looks like she's probably about to break something. Staring at the wall, like shaking a little bit. I just go give you a big hug and I say, it's okay. Do you have a bad dream? Does this always happen when you have a bad dream? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what this dream was about. It's just like, oh my gosh, I can't even control myself. Randy, just, Randy, get over here. Give her a, a hug. Give her, oh, come, come yeah, hug, come hug of, Yashi. I sort of didn't even really notice, and so yeah, I sort of snap out of it. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, hop on over. Start breathing. Oh, in and out. I'm fine. Breathing treatments. Razzle's got a special <laughs> potpourri for it, I'm yeah. sure. I make up that stressway potpourri that we had earlier. That uh, Right on. A, and nice. I say, and I realize that the longing that I have was not a hug from Yashi as warm and massive as it was, mm. I guess. My sadness is still there, so. <laughs> yeah. Razzle, can I get ahead of that? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not Pat. feeling so great myself. <laughs> I was like, dude, just breathe the air, Randy. <laughs> or do you just take it from me and say, <laughs> just like, <laughs> yes. Yeah. All right. So you all comfort each other and get calmed down. And is Yashi all better? Yashi, I think I'm are feeling, you feeling better. I'm feeling better. Yeah. Calm, you, I'd say with the, I'd say with the stress away potpourri, you know, that'd probably be a good rage bringer downer. Can I go ahead and write that down? Yeah. <laughs> you know, who knows? You know, maybe, maybe if it gets out of hand sometime, that'll be your quick fix. 
keep that That'd, stocked up. Yeah. No, I always keep it stocked. I mean, I guess it should be said that while we're walking around doing our things, I'm collecting bits and pieces of things from potpourri. I didn't think I spent enough time in the woods after I left the mountain to know like, ooh, some good sage right there. Oh, yeah, that's some lavender that I could use, blah, blah, blah. Beautiful. Yeah. Like urban forager or something. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, well, is my back still glowing oh, and yeah. cracking and here, take stuff. off take off your nightgown. Let's okay. look at it. All right. Just yeah. Unbutton my silk. Yeah. You unbutton so. those fine fine <laughs> PJ silks. Yes. And, uh Razzle and Yashi, you check out the tattoo and looks the same as the night before. Do you feel any different? Not really. Did you have any goofy visions or anything? I just had a, a wacky dream, but it was uh, yeah, I mean, stock standard. Right, exactly. Weirdness. Your uh, potpourri helped yeah. even it all out. Okay. So. Should we call Splash again? Let's Maybe call he Splash can actually again. do his job. <laughs> You try to call Splash, but there's no answer. Oh, ding-a-ling-a-ling. Great. Maybe he could have called the school nurse or something. Well, <laughs> all the way back at the school. Let's go back. Let's go back. No time for this. We'll Randy's come back to Basin once we're ready again. <laughs> yeah. No, no. It took us long to get here. Um, I guess we should head downstairs. Let's, yeah, I guess. All okay. right. If he shows up. All right. So you head on downstairs after getting dressed and all proper for the day. As you're walking downstairs, you notice that Dewey's going around and he's uh, in his little floaty cart and, you know, making sure all the breakfast things are laid out properly. You can see he's laying out like chalkboards that have a three piece menu on there and everything. Uh, he's got some nice cutlery set out for the breakfast crowd and everything. Um, and as he's doing this, he looks up and he sees you and he's just like, good morning. Hi, Hi Dewey. Good morning, Dewey. You sleep well. Yeah. It's interesting. <laughs> well, if you're hungry, um, I've got the menus on the table. You can just let me know what you want. Uh, have at it. Um, cool. Thanks, Dewey. Let's do it. There's a menu in front of you. There's a menu in front of you. Nope. Don't pass him that one. Pass him oh, this one. Okay. And there's a menu in front of you. Sweet. Dewey comes up and he floats in his thing. And he's like, "So, uh, you had a chance to look over the menu." Um. Uh, sure. Um. I'll take it. I'll <laughs> hand the menu back. <laughs> okay. One, two, three. Uh, Kyle, does this menu have pictures on it? No, no. no. <laughs> oh. I'll take. I point at. I point right about there. Okay, the number three. You've got it, little boy. Thank you. I like your gusto. Ah, uh, appreciate it. And I say, yeah, I'll take uh, the number three too. Number three as well. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, Ooh. I'll I'll get all. Um, Yashi, it was right. Yes. The the first item might take a little while. The trout and egg uh, that's from the oasis. So oh, uh, right. Dogum hasn't brought by the uh, his catch yet. So I don't have the trout yet. I should actually. And he rubs it off of the chalkboard. He's like, All right. Well, if you don't end up having the trout, that's fine. We've got stuff to do today. So excellent. Well, uh, yeah. Give me a give me a little bit, and uh, I'll have your food out. Cool. Thanks, Dewey. He, you know, floats in his little cart on back to the back, and you hear the kitchen starting to fire up. And um, but I turn to Randy and I say, "Yeah, I didn't know that you were one for you know stuff that's hot and spicy." Because number three, I guess it should be said, number three was the basem breakfast bun, which is a basem baked bun completed with sausage, bacon, and sun blister peppers, and it says caution on it. Which I assume mm-hmm. you, I learned over you say, "Yeah, going for the sun blister peppers, huh?" I, I never had them, but I kind of wanted to. Yeah, Give him a shot. I, uh, you know, that's why I got these hairy feet. Puts the puts, puts the hair, hair on your feet. <laughs> puts the crust on him. <laughs> right yeah, on, right on. This. Okay. Oh boy! All right, 
Randy does a little inner constitution check. Phew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, dish one was trout and eggs, which is just pan-fried trout with some, you know, two eggs and a fruit bowl. Uh, there's the basum omelet, which has mm-hmm. eggs, ground sand tea, cheese, grain, peppers, onions, and chives. Mm-hmm. Super delicious. And I imagine the sound going on is like the sound that goes on whenever you make stuff in Zelda. The Don't forget to pat your tummy after you eat it. As Dewey's getting your food taken care of and, you know, a few people mill in, as you're waiting, you actually start to hear a town crier running through the streets and he's dinging a bell and he's telling everybody, you know, like, emergency meeting at the Oasis, emergency meeting at the Oasis. And he kind of Doppler effects <laughs> out um, as he's passing. It's like going by really fast then. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, he sound pretty distressed. But it's at this point that your food actually gets put in front of you. Yeah, I'm definitely eating. So, uh, oh, all right. uh, yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. Yeah, we need to do a constitution check for our. Uh... Yes, okay. absolutely. Very insightful of you. You didn't even have to roll for that one. Uh, yeah, everybody, please give me a constitution check or save. You can make it a save. So, oh, mine's a twenty-two in that case. Twenty-two. Mine's a two plus one. Man, I got I got eighteen plus one. Oh, dude, Razzle and Yashi, you're good to go. You, I mean, it's yeah. hot. Don't get me wrong, but like, it's you're good a, hot. Yeah, yeah, y'all nice like heat. laughing yeah. about yeah. it. Well, I'm like, yo, Yashi, this is so good, right? Ah, I my like stomach's this. burning, but it burns so good. Yeah. Randy, you don't know what the hell you've put on <laughs> your tongue, but you're doing the kind of thing like Jim Carrey from Dumb and Dumber, like squeezing out condiments. <laughs> 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 Dewey kind of comes up and he puts down a. a glass of milk and he's just like drink that up you're I gonna stick you're my gonna entire eat. face in it <laughs> <laughs> so you stick your face in and you pull it up and it's just like you know white milk face dripping down and your tongue might be swollen up for just a little yeah. bit you guys I <laughs> oh, you're right. good you look like uh, that dude in aliens with all the white stuff <laughs> <laughs> like oh Dewey says well I'm I'm glad you enjoyed it. It's uh, it's one of our favorite dishes around here. But uh, please come back anytime. Uh, yeah, man, grub's delicious. Thanks, thanks, Dewey. <laughs> hey, um, just before they take the plates away, uh, I'm gonna grab one of the spoons from the table that I was using and just kind of tap it against the table on the side a little bit, like the leg of the table. Okay, go ahead and give me a performance check. <laughs> Playing them spoons. All right, I got a 23. Okay, oh, so how yeah. do you test this spoon? At first, I'm just going to kind of tap it on the table leg. Okay. Like, okay. And then I bring it back up and uh, give it a tap on the glass. Oh. I take out another spoon from my pocket and kind of lay this one in there. Okay. Back. Uh, All right. So roll me a slide of hand. Uh, 15. Cool. So yeah, you slide that spoon after you're testing it. You notice that there's a sturdiness behind it and it really like cracks. There's like a crack sound to it that really like makes it very percussive. Say crack again. Crack, 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 <laughs> crack. I imagine like Your Razzle passive Randy, perception would not notice Well, well I was going to say, even when she's like banging it, we're just kind of like, it's Yashi. She's drumming yeah. on stuff. She's feeling so. the spoons out. Yeah. You, you notice that she's testing a spoon and then there's no then spoon. Br- yeah, there is no spoon. <laughs> <laughs> so... What do? Uh, yeah, let's go check out, you know, over by the Oasis, the town crier zipped by here. I'm feeling pretty good, Randy. How you feeling, buddy? Oh, man. <laughs> I'm better. Let's do it. All right, so you step out into the streets and everything after having eaten. You notice that everyone's gathered towards the Oasis. It took you probably about, like, 10, 15 minutes to eat. Most of the people that were in the tavern actually, like, left, and they left their okay. breakfast and stuff. Can, um, can we get up on your shoulders, Yashi? 
so that we can see. Because I imagine we can't see what's going on. Sure, come on up. Can you can you, you handle? Both want to get up here, or well, I, I can ride on your shoulders. Then, <laughs> oh yes. Okay. And then you like dog, cat, rat. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I'll, I'll crouch down and let you climb on. Okay. So yeah, I'm just gonna let that. That's gonna happen. <laughs> just have that is a rule for that. That is definitely happening. So, yes, yeah, so you three towering bards walk up, and uh, Randy, you're at the top, so you can definitely see. And Yash, you can see over most people. You can all see fairly well now. But you see that there's a uh, a man, and it's the same man that was kind of leading the town meeting last night. He's in front of the oasis, and he's talking to everyone, and he's kind of you know the crowd's been murmuring, and he like holds up his hands. He says, "I I, I know, I know, I don't like it any more than you." I was raised here like many of you, and if you think I'm not pissed about it, then you don't know me very well, which means you owe me a drink. And he kind of winks at everyone in the crowd, and everyone starts kind of laughing and everything. But you hear somebody from the crowd yell out, But Tony, what about your daughter Jenny? She could still be out there at the bottom of that hole. People start to rabble a little bit and everything. And, uh, Do we rabble? Rabble, And he holds up his hands again and he says, I don't want to say I've given up. But I still have Edie, Mary, and Jimmy. I spoke with Mr. Stone from the boy earlier and explained the situation. He said while they're down there doing whatever it is they're doing with the meteor, he said he'd look for her. And you need to realize, we lost the mine, and that's one thing. But losing the oasis, there's no living here now. And I'm not going to ask any of you who are basically family, I'm not going to ask you to stick around to try to find my daughter who may be dead. And I'm not going to risk the rest of my family either. That's, that's all I'm going to say about that. And he obviously is stifling with emotion and everything. He kind of stops and shakes his head and he says, that's, that's all I've, I've got. Every, everyone, get your affairs in order and get ready to move. Thank you. I look at you guys. I, I don't know how I would do that. I just up I, and down. Yeah, but then I just say, "Oh boy, that didn't sound good." I'm just yeah. clapping for the speech. <laughs> <laughs> you you start so clapping for the speech, and everyone turns around and looks at you like I knock like, you in the uh, head. It's like stop uh, it. Sorry, oh. I thought it was a very it was, it was very well said. And they all kind of glare at you, very very like upset, and just like, "What the hell is your problem?" And then they start to disperse. And at this time, you hear you hear a kid say. Mommy, that's him. That's the that's the scary oh man. My God. That's the scary man up there. And uh, you see a, a mom walk forward with these two kids, which you recognize to be the ones that you uh, tried to perform for yesterday. And she's staring up at you, and she's just like, "Where do you get off trying to scare children in towns you've never been in before?" I say, "I don't know what you're talking about, lady." Are you calling my children liars? Do you hear this, people? These strangers in our town are calling my children liars. And everyone starts to turn again, and they're all looking at you like, do we have a problem? Somebody steps forward, and they're just like, is it? Is, it, is there a problem here? And at this mm-hmm. point, Randy does an acrobatics check off of the top of you to land behind you, and then be do all stealth check so I can be hidden <laughs> from all of this nonsense. So, right acrobatics, ahead. that is a 16 plus 9, 25. Okay. <laughs> and then my stealth check, that is a... 13 plus 9, 22. Okay, describe this to me, please. <laughs> so I just lean down to your asshole and I say, uh, bye. And I just roll backwards and spin and flip and kind of tuck myself into a little ball and land behind Yashi. And now I'm hidden. 
Okay, and I stand up on Yashi's shoulders now that Randy's off of my shoulders. Okay. And I'm going to cast Minor Illusion. Okay. And uh, so the thing with Minor Illusion is I can create an image that's no bigger than a five-foot cube, and Mm -hmm. Razzle only stands four-foot something. Okay. So I'm going to create an illusion of me, and I'm going to put it 30 feet away from me, but like peeking out from the side of like another building. Okay. And so, so down an so, alleyway. Right. Yeah. So uh, to cast it, I bring you something down, and I say, uh, "It wasn't Razzle. It wasn't Razzle. It was a minor illusion, mistaken for me." Uh, yes. Okay, yes. Then I point towards him. I say, oh, no, man, I think the guy you're looking for is that guy over there. And I point to the illusion of myself that I made peeking out from behind the crowd. And I say, he's the shifty guy that's over there. You should go check him out. Okay. They all turn, and they're just like, yeah, mom, that is him. And they all turn, and they start walking towards the illusion. Okay. And I say, guys, let's book it now. We got to get out of here. Let's go find that dude that was making the speech and see what's up. As you're all conferring about this, you notice as the crowd is moving, you can actually see like the dude who was making the speech. He's still out there by the oasis, which you can see him. You can see Dogum, who's standing there talking with him. You see a few other people standing around, and you notice Symbol, who is dressed up as Louis Hewis, hanging out with this group of people as well. Uh, yeah. Well, well, well. And Kyle, with his speech, like talking about the oasis being over, does it look different? Or like, is it the same uh, as it looked yesterday? Or? You can't tell from where you're at. Uh, okay. You might be able to tell once you're a little bit closer. Okay. Um, you unfortunately okay. you missed some details because you were eating. Ah, right. Such is time. <laughs> but yeah, we all know time works so great in <laughs> playing Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> oh, also, is my tongue normal again, or am I still? Yeah, yeah. The heat has subsided, so you're good to go. Okay, sweet. Blah. Yeah, let's go over to a symbol. But I'm going to stay on on Yashi's shoulders and just walk over there like a... You're not walking over there then. Well, right. So I uh, say, Yashi, ho! And uh... Really, dude? Three, four, Uh... and up. He's like trying to like move your shoulders to like a marching beat. I just grab him and put him down. I'm like, stop that. (laughs) But then I just keep walking like that. (laughs) Hey, we need to, you know, make sure that he stays undercover. So, are we even supposed to know who Louis Hewis is? You don't know. All right, so You're let's not sure. let's let's be cool, guys. Be cool. Be cute. Okay. In that case, know. I'm gonna walk up like this. I'll join him. Yashi, Yashi, crazy Yashi. <laughs> Turn down so, the juice, Yashi. He starts snapping and walking up. Symbol looks over and he like shakes his head, like, and he's just like. <laughs> And he covers his mouth and kind of like <laughs> snickers a little bit. And he just like waves you over, but kind of like keeps looking back towards the conversation. So as you're approaching the group, you know, Dogum recognizes you. He turns and he sees you and gives you a hearty wave and everything. And Tony kind of looks at you, the guy who was giving the speech. He's twisting his face, trying to remember where he's seen you before. But uh, once you get a little bit closer, you also notice that John Laramie, the uh, official from the Bureau of Investigation, boy. is yeah from the boy. <laughs> Uh, he's standing there with... Uh, can they please pronounce it boy? Boy? <laughs> can we just go ahead and say that that's how they pronounce this bureau? Submit, like, yeah, whenever they say it, they just say boy. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll be official from now okay. on. But the other people... <laughs> the other people that you notice are, you recognize are Tri- 
Swish, Boom Queen Shireen, and Alphonse Wimpy Correa. They were at the bar last night, and they're just hanging around. Other than that, you notice an elven woman with a tattoo of a crescent moon that lines her right jawline. She's wearing a flowing purple and blue robe that kind of mimics the night sky. And you can see comets like streaking across it every once in a while. Uh, there's also a human woman that has chestnut brown hair. Uh, she's wearing a very woody garb, and there's a daisy that's growing from a pile of dirt that sits on her shoulder. Next to her, there's a slouchy-looking half-elf nearby, and he's wearing a pack that looks like it might tip backwards if not for the stack of books that he's carrying in front of him as acting as a counterweight. He's wearing a pale, like, blue, poofy-armed garb that, you know, bureaucratic assistants wear. But he has square-framed glasses that ride low on his nose, and next to him stands a bald dwarf with a pitch-black beard that has small gems that are worked into the braids, and they kind of peek out. Um, and this dwarf actually steps up as you're approaching, and he says, Whoa, whoa, whoa. All right, there's good. This is official bureaucratic business we're discussing, so I'll have to ask you to back up out of earshot. He pulls his pants up from his belt as he stands there, <laughs> and he eyes you three down, his gaze lingering for a moment on Razzle, and he nods his head at Razzle, and he says, I, uh, I know you from somewhere. You got one of those faces. I, uh, That's what everyone it. says. Wait, 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 wait. I know you. I know exactly who you are. Oh, man! I remember bouncing you out of the Hard Rock Cafe in Rock Deep 28 years, 2 months, and 14 days ago. I remember your face looked just like it does now. Yeah, just like that! And he points, <laughs> points and makes a face mocking you and laughing. I say, and no, Doc, that's the dude back behind the building. You didn't see him. <laughs> <laughs> I keep telling you folks, it's this other guy, man. You keep getting me mixed up with him. But he, he's laughing and slapping his knee, and uh, then Symbol chimes in, and he just goes, uh, Connor, Connor, uh, those those must be the bards that are meeting me here. You you can you can let them on over. Connor is just kind of laughing and slapping his knees like, ah, go on, I guess if you're here with him, and uh, cool. kind of you know like wipes the tear from his eye and everything. <laughs> you know, as you walk up, you can actually start to hear John. He's talking to Tony, and he's telling Tony in a very reassuring manner. He's saying, look this is something I can do for you. You know, I can do this as a person. I'm not bound by the boy to actually do everything else, but I can do this for you. And if I find anything in regards to your daughter, I'll bring back what I can. And if there's any kind of clue as to what might've happened to the Oasis, I can't guarantee anything, but I'll go ahead and I'll contact Sundance and I'll let them know to expect uh, some refugees to be showing up and they'll set up the, uh, they'll set up the tents. We can at least be ready for your people. That's about all I can do. But I'm sorry for you and your town's loss. And while we're listening to this, I just want to roll a perception just to see what's up with the Oasis. Okay. 10 plus 3. Yeah. You take a peek over and you see through the Oasis and you can see that it looks like it's dried up. You can't see the waterfront anymore. You can see where it was like damp, Mm -hmm. but it looks like the Oasis has been drained. Oh. And there were like fish and stuff in it, right? Yep. Are there fish now? There are fish that are flopping around on the ground. Huh. Good. Uh, so yeah, I turned to them and, hey, guys, this is a little odd. Check it out. Oh, oh man. John kind of stops and he's just like, so you were the three bards that were at the tavern last night, correct? I I'm, I feel like I recognize you. We were jamming down yeah. with finger bones. And I do the same thing we always do. I say, yep, chaos us. Nice to meet you. Hand him our card and say, yeah, we do parties, weddings. Nope. Uh, you know, give us a call. Uh, Symbol, he's kind of our manager. Uh, okay. I'm trying to make it sound big time, not that we're students, and since Symbol can't say anything, I'm like, yeah, Symbol, you remember Symbol? Yeah, he's a little washed up now, but, you know, he's, <laughs> he's, he's kind of, you know, he's trying to get his hand in, kind of, right. you know, not, yeah, I know, sorry, I, we just saw the Oasis, realized the severity of it, realized now's not the time, 
However, we might be able to help out a little bit. Well, yes. I mean, that's uh, that's what Louis Hewis was uh, saying, is that you are here more to document the going-ons of this event. History is something important to preserve, and uh, the Bureau of Intelligence, or BOI, doesn't handle that. It is important to be able to study that. Right. So it has benefited us to help uh, save our history, considering how much of it was lost many, many, well, nearly a millennia ago. Right. So, and how's um, the boy doing? The boy is doing quite well. Okay. We're having, you know, some successes and some advancements, but I'm not at liberty to discuss in full right. detail. What we do need to figure out is uh, real quick, Jaffney, if you have a moment, please send word over to the Capitol and let them know to prepare the tents. The elven woman with a moon tattoo nods back and replies, yeah, it's already done, John. I've got it. John turns to the Woody woman and the assistant that's in blue and says, uh, Layla, Jermaine, go ahead and uh, why don't you head to the site? We'll be there as soon as we can. Just go ahead and get prepared for whatever we may have to do. Layla's like, oh, yeah, of course, absolutely. Not a, not a problem, John. Come on, come on, Jermaine. And uh, they begin to walk off towards the south. But John, you know, breathes in deeply and stretches and kind of turns back to you and is like, okay, so one issue that I've had is there's a person in town I want them on this expedition, mainly because of their proficiency in mining and understanding cavernous areas, which I have a feeling we're going to be getting into. Her name is Erin Copeland, and I haven't been able to pin her down. And the citizens of this fine town of Basim, as he looks over towards Wimpy and Boom Queen, they don't seem to care to help find her for me. You hear Boom Queen respond. She's like, I'm sure a sanity shit. Erin wouldn't set her drink down to lift a finger for you. So quit wasting your time, John. And uh, John's just like, you see, perhaps since you're bards, you are more charismatic. Perhaps you could do some coaxing for me and uh, first off, find Aaron and right. second off, convince her to do this. Well, maybe we can ask uh, that big shot lady. She seemed to get pretty upset last night when uh, Aaron's name was mentioned. Maybe they were friends or something. That might be actually a good start. So the quicker you can get her on our side, the sooner we can get out to this site and start finding out what's actually going on. You can document your history. I'm sure get a good grade or whatever it is they do over at Strumlots um, and impress your teacher. Well, all right. Do we see Big Shot around? Give me a perception check. All right. That is a 16 plus 3. 3 plus 5. Oh, mine's a 7. No, you look around <laughs> and she is not in the immediate vicinity. <sighs> well, fiddlesticks. Um, can I turn to Wimpy and Boom Queen and just ask them, uh, hey, you guys maybe want to help us do some diligence and uh, help us find Aaron, maybe? Or at least point us in the right direction. You don't have to do You're anything. You're trying to find Aaron. I mean, Wimpy steps forward as he's rubbing his neck and looks at you and he says, you three helped out Fibblewicks McFlibs, right? His yeah. new stage name is Fingerbones. But That's yeah. much better. Right, right. Fingerbones. Right. Okay. Awesome. More than likely, you'll find Aaron either behind the bar, passed out the tavern we were at last night, or walk by any open alleyway, and she might just stumble out into you trying to get a drink. Right. And uh, just to be sure, uh, we're all on the same page. So Aaron is aka as Big Shot around here, right? Uh, it's kind of a town name for her, and Aww. seems to take to it very well, unfortunately. Right. Well, there you go. So she does know Big Shot. Yes, I would say <laughs> very on the deepest level possible, Yashi. Yeah. Oh, don't you worry, Yashi. <laughs> yeah. So I guess, Kyle, can we just go back inside the tavern and check behind the bar real quick? Okay. So you walk into the tavern and do his, you know, going around and he's still like serving up some breakfast and stuff like that. Uh, and he says, 
Oh, welcome back. Uh, give me a minute and I'll give you a hand if you need it. Okay, you haven't need- seen anyone passed out, have you? No. It's, oh. uh, well, I mean, there's always one, right? Well, um, yeah. I haven't seen her around, though. Um, you know, we need but- to ask her if she knows this lady. Who? <laughs> Big shot. Oh. You know. Well, take a look. Yeah. Maybe she crawled in under the bar or behind there somewhere. I don't know. Well, I'm I- going to go investigate behind the bar. Me too. Allie, do you want to roll? I'm actually just going to go and kind of reach over the bar and start filling up. Oh, like lure like an her ale out. or yeah. okay. <laughs> something just so you can hear the, the spout going. Right. I got an 18 plus uh, 5. And I got a 16 plus 1. Okay, so uh, you two start from opposite ends of the bars and you're going through everything and you're getting to the middle part and there's like a big opening underneath the bar where it looks like there's a lot of like tablecloths and stuff. And, you know, it kind of looks like haphazardly put in there. They don't look very like well folded or anything. And uh, as you're getting to like starting to look at that, see Yashi's arm go over both of your heads and just grab a tavern tab, pull it, and starts unloading beer. And then this face comes out from the blanket area. <laughs> and Big Shot, just like half-awoken kind of face, but with a big smile on it. And you see an arm shoot out with a glass, and it gets in the way of Yashi's <laughs> and starts filling up. And she's just like, it's morning, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Hey, here we are. Hello. She's like, eyes at you two, and looks up at the arm, and she's just like, I recognize you two from somewhere. You, the, um, bards. That's the right? one. Yeah. That's the ticket. Yeah. Um, and she kind of crawls out, and she's like, get out of my way. I'm going to stand up. She kind of stands up and dusts herself off, and Dewey kind of turns, and he's just like, Big Shot, what have I told you about getting back there and falling asleep? You, I, I don't know what to do with you. I'm glad they paid off your tab. Whatever. And he turns <laughs> back, and he starts going, doing his normal thing. Yeah. And uh, Well, so I, I turn to Big Shot and say, yeah. So as you may have heard, we did pay off your tab last night. So uh, what would you say to helping us out since we kind of helped you out a little bit? Uh, I can tell you right now, since you paid off my tab, I feel like maybe it's me who owes you a drink. Dewey's got, like, the normal stock here, but I've got a morning mango mimosa that can tie on really nice. If you'd like to go have one. Wait, where was that at? My place. Oh, at your place. Oh, then yeah, let's go. Yeah. Okay. All right. So she starts like sauntering out of the bar, kind of swaying a little bit. She's talking. She's like, yeah, it's just down the road here this way. And you walk, take a couple turns through an alley, roll a dexterity save. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, there's another falling boulder from nowhere. Uh, no, uh, no, that chaos is <laughs> followed <over>. us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just been floating overhead like, I'm going to get him eventually. I'm going to get those rashkawee bars. But no, she leads you around town for like just a few minutes and then comes up to this pretty nice looking house you know in comparison to some of the other ones you notice that there's a there's an upstairs window that's broken out she walks up to the front door and starts rifling through her pockets and produces a key sticks the key in and turns it and she's like yeah it's just right in here and she starts pushing on the door and she's putting a lot of force behind it she barely gets it open and as she's opening it you can just hear like the crinkling of bottles like banging against each other and stuff like that it's like the door is pushing just a pile of bottles out of the way and she gets it like halfway open and like slides in. Oh. And she's like, yeah, can, can come on in. 
Oh, great. Wonderful. Fantastic. All right. So you all walk into a house that would be pretty nice if it weren't for all the layers of dust and collection of bottles all on the ground. The smell of alcohol is actually more pungent than any tavern you've ever been in. And you see that there's like, you know, different paintings on the walls and stuff, and they look really old and cobweb covered and everything. But you notice they look like family portraits, and it's like a younger version of her with like a man and a child. There's different pictures of them like being deep in minds, wearing hard hats and everything, and smiling with like dirt on their face, and they look like a really happy family. And then there's pictures of them like swimming in a big lake, obviously not the oasis in town, but they're just out doing things out in the world. Big Shot is sauntering over to the couch and kind of lies down on the couch and starts fishing lazily through the sea of bottles that's near the sofa, seeing how full they are and everything. And she looks at you three. She's like, "Okay, so." I'll- I'll eventually find enough to make these, not not that one. She throws a bottle down. She lifts up another one. She's like, but while I look, why are you three actually here talking to me? Oh, yeah. Well, do you happen to know this lady named Erin? Uh, Erin <laughs> Copeland? I, I said I that knew. you might know her or you've seen each other. No, that's or a name I, knew. I haven't same place, same time. A long time. <laughs> a long time. <laughs> Um, no, she looks at you and she's just like, well, uh, some people say they knew her. I'd say I know her because I am her. What? Yashi. They're the um, same person, guys. I just, I just pat I you like on the arm. I somebody could have told us this earlier. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, Aaron kind of laughs and chuckles. She's just like, uh, you're probably really fun to drink with. Which, speaking of which, she continues fishing around. She's like, yeah, so uh, I'm Aaron Copeland, or some people would tell you that I'm not anymore, which is fine. I don't need to be. And why is that? I don't need anybody else's blood on my hands. Um, I don't... It's always really rough to talk about. You ever lose family? Anybody in your family die? Yeah. Well, lost in a sense. Was it your fault? I don't think so. Kind of. Okay, well, then maybe you can understand, little man, but... I used to be the proprietor of the mine here in town. And, you know, I was, I was good at it. You know, I'd figure out different new, new caverns and find different ores and just had a nose for it. And one day, I, you know, I got cocky and, uh, and I'm lucky, you know, Boom Queen's still around and, and poor Dewey got caught up in it. And it, I got cocky and I thought we could make a blast, make a new cavern, find more. And it was didn't work out. There was a patch of natural gas that was trapped underneath the surface of where we were blasting. And uh, we didn't know it. That's why I hold my drink hard. It's because uh, as long as I'm like this, nobody's going to want my hand on their life. And I think that's perfectly fine for me if it's fine for them. And I think it's right. But what if they wanted your hand back in their life to help them out again? As long as it's not in that capacity. And I know that that's what that, that boy man wants. Do you know exactly what that boy man wants you to even do? Have you even talked to him? I know he wants me to go underground for some reason or whatever may be happening in that meteor. He anticipates that he may need my proficiency, and I just don't think my proficiency is up to snuff to be able to provide him with the safety that I think he deserves. Well, listen, we've only been here about a day, and it seems to me the only thing you're known for being proficient in around here is getting your hooch on. And That's right. I mean... I don't know. Seems like you had a real talent before, and they just want you to help out again. And I think you could help a lot of people out. I mean, how many people are you helping out with all this drinking you're doing? 
this hoochin well, ain't good for you either. And everyone yeah. else, you know. I guess Philip Sand really got the best out of it. I sold him the mine, and he already owns the glassworks. So, so uh, I turn and I say, uh, Aaron, can you give us one second? We're gonna let you make those sweet, sweet drinks. Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Give me, give me a second here, and uh, you know, or don't so mind I'm the mess. Motion for you guys to come over. It's like maybe you know we've got drinking songs. What if we could make like an anti-drinking song and get her all oh, like pumped up and yeah. sober <laughs> and sobered up? Getting Maybe we have a little. Work, mining yeah. children don't drink. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I say yeah because I'm not drinking whatever she calls a mimosa. That is for sure. <laughs> and you uh, dwarves will drink about just anything. Yeah, well, yeah. disgusting. <laughs> hey, <laughs> I well yeah I say uh, you know our songs have worked out pretty well getting stuff done in the past. Yeah, yeah. Let's, let's see if we can convince her to help us. Maybe sober up just a tiny bit. <laughs> okay, so you want to do an encouraging song? Is that what's going down? Yes. Then let's roll some chord dice. Yay. Awesome. All right, so let's roll some chord dice, but before we do, you need to choose if you're going to be playing in minor right. or major. Oh. Just yeah. to keep up the uh, the tension. Yeah, we've got those skills. Yeah. Um Guess it's gonna be like a we're trying to like be uplifting, right? And yeah. convincing. Yeah. Okay. So, so maybe go with major. I, ma- yeah. Major seems the might, most yeah. logical. Yeah. yeah. Let's so. do it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Roll it up. And I got A minor. So. I got a G. Oh, there you go. I got an F. And I got an E minor. Whoa. Whoa. So really C, lots of G, F, A minor, and E minor. <gasps> we have one, six, four, and five. And, and three. An, oh and three. Gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's wow. Lucky day. This yeah. is We're okay. going to lift her up so, so good. better do good with this one. Then. Yeah. But before we do, let's roll. Allie, drum roll, please. Oh, yes. I'm never prepared. Uh, All right. Uh, so that is Tails. Okay. All right, so 10. Okay. All right. Ooh, it's going to be Techno 3. <sighs> right. I mean, it's so uh, many Techno rolls. Like, yeah, but it's sure. going to get them all pumped up, though. Yeah. She's going to not it's... be drunk really <laughs> soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the blood flowing. Metabolize. Really sweat it out. Yeah. <laughs> well, at least we have uh, 81, which is Techno 4 on the kit. Wow. Jeez. So, uh, Man, maybe, you know. maybe we've been doing the wrong genres of music all along. <laughs> yeah. Maybe Techno real. is really Lindby's calling. Uh, <sighs> yeah, well, maybe. <laughs> all well, right. We're, we'll find out soon enough. Listener, talk to you in a second. Hey everyone, it's your Dungeon Maestro Kyle. Just wanting to thank you again for listening and hanging out with us. If you want to catch the stuff in between episodes, follow us on social media by searching at BombardedCast. And if you share our adventure, be sure to use the hashtag BardCast when you do. You can subscribe to us wherever you find podcasts, and if you're listening through Apple Podcasts, you can drop us a rating and a review, and we'd really appreciate it. If you want to check out the band behind Chaos Sauce, check out lindbymusic.com or lindby.bandcamp.com. Lindby is spelled L-I-N-D-B-Y. All right, and we are finally going to be releasing the Chaos Sauce album, Volume 1. That's going to be coming to you on March 27th, and we're going to be posting the artwork a little bit early, which that artwork is by Sam Beck, who you can follow at underscore 230, and that's 230 spelled out. We're very stoked about it. So uh, you can check out Sam's artwork uh, on any social media. Just search that handle. Also coming down the pipeline in April, we know we have the OST coming, and uh, that might be late April, but uh, Spurrier and Goodrich are still rifling through that and getting that ready for you. So coming back to us, we have Silver Age, a new superhero webcomic set in the Northeast USA. 
Follow Silver Age as he battles robots, mutants, flame-wielding assassins, and above all else, homework. Silver Age is a cute homage to the Silver Age of web comics and is filled with action, humor, and heart. You can find all the pages and updates at silveragewebcomic.tumblr.com and Matt posts those three times a week, Sunday, Wednesday, and Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can find Matt at inkstainsjacket on Twitter. Well, that's all I have. Uh, you know, now that all that's behind us, here's the path back to the show. And regardless of what that man says, be sure to go left. So I turn around to Aaron and say, hey, Aaron, l- you know, listen to this. Yeah, we, we wrote something for you. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I like a song while making drinks. Close your eyes. You're in disguise. You say you got some history. That's no mystery Numb the pain To keep you sane You tell us you're a big shot But that's not right Oh, Aaron You know It's another day And you can't find a way Oh, Aaron To grow Your demons awoken And Aaron's gone away But we know you're in there And deep down you still care If Mason fades away What do you say? So as you're performing your song, Aaron is making up drinks and just kind of just stops at a certain point and sets the bottles down and puts her hands on the table that she's making these drinks at and leans forward and her hair falls forward and kind of blocks out her face. But you can see the tears dripping from her nose and her chin. You wrap up the song and Randy, you wrap up by saying, what do you say? And she kind of doesn't turn to you and she starts, she's like, you want to know what I say, Randy? And then she turns and looks and you can just see the tears streaming down her face. She's like... You know, there's truth in your words, and you really struck a chord with me. Uh-huh. I was really on the verge of maybe, you know, just moving with the rest of everyone, but I think I think you might be right, and I, maybe I need to stop holding myself so hardly. I mean, I know that you were worried about people that accidentally got hurt before, but mm-hmm. they're about to enter a whole new world of hurt if they got to leave the town. I mean, the whole town's in a whole world of hurt. Yeah. It's not just a couple any, anymore. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true, and that's something that, you know, I, ever since finding out last night, which, here, let me, let me just... Let me just ask you a real quick question before I get into any more details about what I know. Um, are you bureau employees? Are you here with that man from the boy? No. No, we're just kids from school. Big, big shot. You, you can call me Aaron. Okay. People uh, usually call me Big Shot. It's, it's fine. No, we're just kids from school, Aaron. You know. Yeah. No. Okay. Well, I just wanted to make sure. So, that's that's a good thing. So then you're not beholden to their whims, and uh, so that really lets me know what kind of people you are. If uh, give me one second, and she walks over to a desk and grabs a large rolled up parchment. She comes back over and she clears off the coffee table of all the bottles and everything, and unfurls a giant map of the area in front of you. And she looks at you three and she's like, okay, so last night 
I fell asleep in the alley that I bumped into you three yesterday, and there was a scream that woke me up. See, she said she bumped into us that time. So, so you owe us a drink? I told you. Uh, yeah, you, <laughs> no, you, you got me that drink. Dewey, Dewey told me you, you took care no, of my No, I said you owe us a drink if it's you that bumped into us, Aaron. Oh, yeah. That's, you're, see, you're learning the ways. That's, that's right. right. That's right. That's right. So anyway, no, I heard someone screaming and it woke me up. And, you know, next thing I know, I see little Dogum. He's running towards Tony's house, stammering about all the water being gone. And, you know, he's running down the road in his underwear. And I thought... <laughs> Maybe he's hit the bottle a little bit more than me tonight, so I wasn't sure. So I checked it out, and sure enough, it's like Altonia herself stuck a straw in that thing and just sucked it dry. So I ran home, and I did the head work. She points out a slightly south of where the mines are on the map. She says, okay, about here is where we redirected water about 13 years ago or so, and that was so we could tunnel a little bit deeper into the mine. And based on what I know about this area... I'm more than positive that this sky boulder has caused some sort of structural damage near the source of water. Long story short, if I go down there, I'm I'm going to look for this area, and you're going to help me locate it. And if we can do something about it, you're going to help me there too. Yeah, Agreed? Let's do it. Sounds good. Cool. That's good to know. But we have one person to visit before we go out because it's just a close friend of mine. They've been having troubles ever since this meteor came down. When we get there, you'll know exactly what you need to do. If you really want my help, help this townsperson, just this one last one, and then we can get on our way. How's that sound? Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I know I know they'll appreciate it. So she gets up, she opens up a closet near the front door and grabs a super dusty old backpack from inside. She sweeps away cobwebs and dust and everything like that and clears it off, and she looks in your direction and says, all right, let's get it. 